take out the bread, the cracker, tortilla, whatever you're using that represents the body of Christ this morning. You would come and, yes, serve the praise team. So this is your moment to go ahead and get ready. If you haven't gotten ready to prepare uh, communion, we're doing this every single week as long as this COVID is uh, operating or until we hear it's gone, completely gone. We're going to declare our covenant right to healing, to wholeness, to protection, to preservation as part of being sozoed, part of being saved is to be preserved, to be made whole, to be made well, to be healed, to be put back together means peace and power and prosperity. Amen. It's part of our covenant right in this life. Jesus said, I came. He says, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. So right now, Lord, we lift up the bread representative of your body. And we thank you for your body that was given for us. How you said, Lord, I've, I've inscribed your name on the palm of my hands. There's a nail print in your hand that remains even today. That has all of our names inscribed on it. You did it for us. It was for our sins. For our wrongdoings. Jesus, we want to say thank you. Thank you. For what you've done for us. How you've made us whole how you've healed our hearts, how you've taken depression away and anxiety and, and everything that, could, that could, could bother us. You've taken it away. And you did it with your own body. You did it for us. We thank you, Jesus, and we love you with all our hearts this morning. And we call ourselves completely healed from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. The healing anointing of Jesus, the stripes of Jesus, comes upon us. We thank you, Lord, that we're safely protected in the secret place of the Most High. Thank you, Lord. There's no plague that come nigh our dwelling. Father, we pray right now as we lift up this bread and remember all those who are sick and in the hospital right now. Father, we pray for a miracle for them. You are a miracle working God. There's nothing too hard for you if we can just believe. And together collectively this morning, we believe that you're able to heal those people and bring them out of the hospital. Father, we're looking forward to to amazing, miraculous testimonies of people who were healed because of our prayer. Yes, Lord, we believe you'll do it just because we asked. So, Lord, we we receive the miracle of, of hundreds of people being led out of the hospital saying it was a miracle. Thank you, Father, for the healing stripes in your body that was given for us. In Jesus' name, receive. So holy and so precious. Ooh. And then open up the cup and hold it or prepare your cup at home and hold it. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So right now, Jesus, we remember your blood that flowed down from Calvary. Your hands and your feet were pierced. The crown of thorns on your head. How you bled and died there for us. You gave up the ghost. No man took your life, but you gave it. You gave it. Yes, thank you. You had power to give it, and you had power to take it again. You you. have taken it again, and we declare this cup means victory for us. It means victory in every area of life, but mainly because our names are written in heaven. 
Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Jesus, we're so excited. We're so excited that we that you've made us sons and heirs and joint heirs with yourself. Father, thank you for your love to send the Son. Lord, we all look forward to this everlasting life that we have coming to us. In Jesus' name, receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we get some shouts of praise? How about let's shout hallelujah this morning. (laughs) Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, welcome this morning. Praise team, thank you so much. Can y'all let them know how much you appreciate them leading us in praise and worship? Sister Kim just reared back and sang that song. Whoo, that was amazing. The presence of God was just so powerful in here. Thank you, Pastor Robert. All right. Going back to standing this week. If it doesn't work out, I'm going to go back to sitting next week. Here you go, Pastor. I'm going to let you take that for me. Thank you so much. All right. Well, good morning and welcome to Acceleration Church. So glad you're here. Should, should I sit down? Yeah, let's go ahead and let me sit down because it just feels awkward because that camera is so low. We don't want y'all to feel awkward at home either, so we'll just do this from the chair. Good morning. My honey is here. Say good morning, babe. Good morning. If anyone's mask is too tight, I've got about 50 of these that are really, really comfortable. So if anybody wants one of these, just let me know. It's like I'm, I'm looking out there, I'm like... I got to recognize y'all some other way besides your face. I'm looking at your clothes to try to tell who's here this morning. (laughs) It's everybody's masked up. That's good, though. Yuri's got like 50 of them if if yours are too hot. These are really comfortable. If you're having trouble breathing or it's too too uncomfortable for you, we have these. These are are the most comfortable ones that we've tried. So you're welcome to have one. Oh, there's my chair. Amen. Well, if you have not received your um, welcome sheet, did everyone receive a welcome packet this morning in the house? Everybody good? Can y'all let me know y'all live? Hey, Thaddeus. Hey, Thaddeus. So good to see you. Hi, Terry. Good morning. I couldn't tell who that was a minute ago because since you had your bandana on. Good morning. Okay, so you want to re, she's going to have to redo all the cameras. I messed up everything they had set up. That's okay. That's okay. We've got to get it right, right, y'all? Amen. Amen. Well, if you haven't received your um, welcome packet, everybody here has received them. Um, if you have not um, downloaded the note sheet, just find something you can take notes on. So you can just jot down the scriptures. You know, we do have the note sheet available on the um, app, the Acceleration Church app. And by the way, if you haven't downloaded the Acceleration Church app yet, go ahead and do that so that you can be connected with all things Acceleration. You can give that way. Um, uh, there's all of the sermons are on there. You can listen to them 24-7, 365, absolutely for free. Amen. Amen. Then all the information, the information about our prayer call is on there. So um, you can join us for prayer every morning at 730. We pray together as a church. And we pray over the nations. We pray over our president. We pray over um, everything that's going on in the earth. We definitely have been um, kicking this COVID out of the earth. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And uh, so we've been, we've been praying uh, for like a two, and a two and a half years now, I think. Almost three years we've been praying and uh, together every single morning. So you can join us. We take prayer requests. So if there's something that you're dealing with that you need prayer for, call in and we'll cover that in prayer. Amen. So 
Um, let's see. I think that's all I have. I didn't have any announcements. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited, y'all. Children's Church is coming along so great. Wow. I um, got uh, a lot of the, you know, we're, what we're doing is we're, for our children's church, we have a system whereby if the kids participate and they do a really good job, like they, they can memorize their memory verse for the week, if they can say their blast confession start to finish, um, if they bring a guest, if they bring their Bible, we have all these different things, incentives for them to do really well. If they participate well in class, then we um, are going to present them with what we call blast bucks so that they can, um, after service, they can go into the blast buck store and buy things with the blast buck money that we give them. And so we want them to learn that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So um, yesterday and day before yesterday, I went shopping. I've spent over $1,000 already just on prizes and things that they can earn by, um, you know, getting those blast bucks. So I had the best time doing that. And I had so many people stop me. I was in uh, Family Dollar. And, uh, of course, I had two huge basketfuls. It was so much fun. <laughs> two huge basketfuls of just toys and, you know, goodies and things like that for the kids. And several people stopped me and said, um, wow, are you having a party? Or what are you doing? You're having, that's going to be some party. Several people, like three different people stopped me. And I told them what it was and what the concept was. They're like, where is, is this a Christian church? I'm like, yeah. They're like, where is it? I'm like, just, just right down, just across the street, over there on the right. Several people were so excited about it. So... I think it's going to be a huge tool for growing our church and for um, people want their children to be, they've got to be taught the word of God, amen? And it needs to be done with excellence, and that's what we're working towards. We're getting ready to get the uh, television sets so that we can have um, Wii's and Playstations on the walls so they can play after they're finished with their lessons and everything. I mean, you know, kids got to play. You can't leave them cooped up in a, a, you know, 30 by 30 room and expect them (laughs) to be okay at the end if you don't give them some time to to play. So that's what we're doing. We're going to give them some some time to uh, play and have a good time. And um, so I'm just super excited about it. It's getting closer and closer. I'm not sure if we'll be ready by next week, but surely by the following week we'll be ready to have Children's Church in in the Children's Church room. So... It's been a dream of mine since we started this church. You know, we, Jennifer was reminding me that we started in the movie theater, and boy, we really worked hard in that movie theater. We had a staff that would come in early and haul stuff, all our equipment down from upstairs, and when we were finished, they had to haul it all back upstairs, and then when we couldn't keep it there anymore, we had to pull it on a trailer. Somebody had to get up early enough to pull the trailer to the, um, to the movie theater so we could unload everything from the trailer, bring it, bring it up, then when it was over, unload everything and bring it back down. And we weren't able to have like really great children's church back then because it was just not the place for it. So um, then from there we went to the apartment movie theater and they had a little bit better area. Then we moved here and now they have an even better area. But now, now... The kids are going to be, they're, they're really going to be begging to come to church. Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. Samson, is that you? Oh, my gosh, y'all. i got to stand up. I know I'm going to mess up the cameras and everything, but I am so excited. Oh, my goodness. Kenta and Tamar, would y'all mind letting my friends sit there? Y'all, Samson, would you mind coming and just saying hello? Do we have a microphone for Samson? Oh my goodness, Samson Rajkumar and his wife Elgin just came in. I didn't even know y'all were in town. I thought y'all were out of town with that baby. Oh my goodness. I, he, Samson, I'll let him tell you, but Samson has 
hundreds, maybe thousands of churches in India. And where else, Samson? Samson, just come. Are the cameras set for him to stand up? He can stand up? From, is that, that one set? Okay, come right here, Samson, and say hello. Say hello to everyone. Thank you, Pastor Sally. Good morning. It's great to be here. You know, I heard Pastor Sally said yesterday that you all are having church. You know, I didn't, we didn't attend the real church service, so we said we had to go this morning. Amen. Amen. And I, I want to tell you, it's wonderful to see so many of you here this morning. You know, the Bible says God is a rewarder of those who diligently seeking. Yes. You know, this shows that you are really diligent yes. seeking God. The Bible says if we seek Him, we will find Him. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. It's wonderful because, you know, we are not taking this time and opportunity just to, uh, you know, be lazy. Lay around. Lay around. Come on, just say it like it you is. Know? You know, of course, there's a danger all the time, you know, uh, but thank God that we are putting God first by coming here, and God will definitely reward. You know, I tell you, I know Pastor Sally for many years through AIM, and you have a wonderful pastor, praise God, and she teaches the uncompromised word of God, and see that you grow and become all that what God wants you to be. You know, as Pastor said... I am uh, working mostly in India and mostly in Asia. We do evangelism and church planting. Uh, we've been planted over 127 churches in India, five churches in Nepal, and uh, we have eight churches in Europe. And I'm constantly traveling and uh, you know, ministering in these churches. The Lord is building His church. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I, I heard that you know, the churches will never be any more normal, like they say, but it's not true, because this is not the first time the enemy tried to attack the church. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The, the enemy tried to attack the church, tried to stop the church from the beginning. Amen. But I tell you, the, Jesus said, I will build my church. Yes. And the gates of hell shall not That's right. prevail against it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We are so happy to be here. Thank you, Pastor. So glad you're God here. Bless you. Thank you so much. And this, and this is Elgin, his beautiful wife. I want you to just say hello, Elgin. Just come over and say hello. She's from Germany. You got to hear her talk. Yeah, hello. Good morning. I'm so glad you all came because this is the best place to be Amen. on Sunday morning and every day anyway. Amen. I love you, Mr. Sally. So good to see you. They just became grandparents. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I've seen all the cute pictures on Facebook. Can you all make sure that they get um, a note sheet? Okay. And a clipboard for each of them? They, Jennifer's telling me, sit down. <laughs> She's so bossy. You're not running things. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. She is running things. Amen. Well, are y'all ready for the word this morning? You know, I felt, I just felt a little different last night. And as I was preparing the word this morning, you know, I'm normally teaching the word of faith really strong. And that's, I know that's my assignment. That's what I'm called to do. But I just really felt just a different sort of anointing rest on uh, the preparation of this message. So here we go. We'll see what happens. Amen. I believe in the anointing of God is going to touch our hearts this morning. Amen. Y'all ready? 
Let's make our faith declaration. Hold up your note sheet and let's honor the written word of God that's about to go into our hearts and change our lives. Amen. We declare a hundredfold return on the seed of, of the word that goes in this morning. Say this with me. Say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God is destined me to be. I'm becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. And I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, come on, say amen and glory to God. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We ask you to just make your word plain to us this morning. Bring revelation knowledge to us, unhindered and unchecked by any force. Lord, we're hungry. We come before you this morning saying we're hungry. We're thirsty. We want to hear a word from you, a a revelation, a rhema word, Lord. Speak, speak this morning. As we come with our expectation, Father, we know you'll fill our cup. So we just lift up our cup before you, Lord, and just say, just let it overflow. We have to drink out the saucer, Lord, because you just make it overflow today. Let it just be an overflow that we take with us as we go out into our harvest field, as we leave this place, God. We gas up so we can go. So, Lord, we just ask you to pour the fuel in us that will cause us to go out and spread the word about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So we thank you for it today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Woo! Well, let's get started. We've been focused since the beginning of this year. God spoke three different things to me. The first thing he said this year would be the year of his manifested glory. That he would manifest his glory. I had no idea that the stage would be set with a coronavirus, that, that the world would be shut down like it has been. Never, I've never seen this happen before in my lifetime, and I don't think it ever has. I think maybe with the Spanish flu, they were telling people to kind of stay home and that kind of thing back then, but they didn't have the understanding that we have now. But, I mean, the stage has been set for God to do some mighty miraculous things, for him to manifest his glory. Amen. So I'm almost a little excited about this time because normal has been interrupted. Just things as it was, the status quo has been interrupted. We've had to rethink how we're going to minister to people. We've had to, you know, rethink, you know, things that we don't normally think about, things that we can't see, germs and things like we, we've, we've really had to become more aware and more on our toes. And I feel like that's also happening spiritually, that we're more aware and we're more on our toes because we're in a season of having to watch and be awake. This is a season that we cannot be slumbering and sleeping. There's too much at stake. Too much, too much is on the line. Right now, we have to rise up and really leave status quo behind. This is an opportunity to really forge a whole brand new thing. But I believe, you know, we declared this year would be his manifested glory, but that he could, that God would be glorified in our lives, that he'd be glorified in our thoughts, in our words, in our families. We're going to teach about families when we finish this Trusting the Anointing sermon, uh, this series. We're going to talk about families and glorifying God in our families. Amen. How many of you know we need that? Y'all been home with your families. I was going to say stuck at home, but I wouldn't, wouldn't want to say that. <laughs> but we've been at home with our families. And, you know, you have to really have some uh, skills to be um, successful with family. Amen. 
And then the third thing God told me, well, the, the first thing was manifested glory. The second thing he said was plenty, plenty in 2020. And I told you that almost sounded so cliche, I didn't even want to say it. I'm like, God, that just sounds so hokey. Everybody in the world's going to say plenty, plenty in 2020. I've heard a few people say plenty in 20, but God said plenty, plenty, double portion on, on uh, receiving, on provision. And it's because we need it. Amen. So God had us saying from the beginning of the year, plenty, plenty in 2020. I challenged everyone to become tithers and manifestation. Y'all have stepped up to the line to where we haven't missed a beat. That, that goes a long way for your pastor to say, financially, we are doing just fine. In fact, better than just fine. We're doing great. Because you stepped up to become tithers and givers. And see, God says um, to bring the tithe into the storehouse that there'll be plenty in my house. Plenty in my house. And then that triggers the supernatural in your house for supernatural supply to be triggered into you. This is not natural. This is supernatural to be triggered into your households. Amen. So I haven't heard of anyone needed any help. I haven't heard of anyone in our church, and if you need help, you don't tell me you're going to get a spanking. You need to let us know if you, if you need help with something, and we'll, be, we'll come like the, you know, the saints go marching in. We'll all be over there like a gang at your house. Amen? So plenty, plenty in 2020. So I'm encouraging everybody to continue to tithe. Don't let the news media scare you. We're, we're operating according to the kingdom of God. Amen? So continue to tithe. Continue to give offerings. And uh, we're going to experience the plenty, plenty in 2020. We already are. And the third thing God told me as I was leaving my prayer closet, I thought I'd already heard everything I needed to hear. God gave me two words instead of just one. As I was leaving my prayer closet, he said, trust the anointing. And really, that's what we've had to do throughout this entire thing is trust the anointing. That we put our trust in God's word. We trust that we're anointed to go through a, thing, a season like this, right? He said, you didn't choose me, but I've chosen you and appointed you and anointed you and scheduled you in the earth to be here for such a time as this. So we have an anointing on us. God put us here and he put the stuff in us that we would need in order to be anointed and to show forth his glory during this season. Amen. So trust the anointed. Would you turn and tell your neighbor? Trust the anointing. Amen. So this is lesson number two of this series that we've just begun to dig in to um, called trusting the anointing. So Isaiah says, you know, there's an anointing on us where, where we're not by ourselves. God says he'll make a way. Amen. He'll make a way even where there seems to be no way. If it looks impossible, God says, oh, goody. (laughs) here's an opportunity for me to really show myself strong. Amen. So Isaiah 43, 16 says, Thus saith the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. He makes a way. Would you underline makes a way on your note sheet there? If you can see it, I don't know what font I used this morning. It might have been an eight. But just underline makes a way because he makes a way. He will make a way for us during this situation. And uh, in our lives, in every situation we come up against. And then look here, Isaiah 43, 19. I don't know about you, but I feel like God is doing a new thing. A new thing. Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So whatever God has to do to make it happen for us, he's going to make it happen. Amen? I'm going to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Are you ready for a new thing? I'm ready for a new thing, for God to just show up and show out in a way I've never seen him before. Him to show a side of himself I've never seen. We'll know him better when this is all over. Amen? All right. The message translation says, be alert. 
be present. And I feel like everybody is on high alert right now. Do y'all, do y'all feel like y'all are? Tell me y'all not just sleeping at home and you're not getting excited spiritually. He says, be alert, be present, be, be present in this thing. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? I believe that we're about to experience pockets of revival throughout the land that's going to lead to um, the, the, let's see, the pockets of revival are going to lead to, um, eventually it will lead to an outpouring. So there will be pockets of revival that will lead to an outpouring from God. So we have to really, um, oh, an awakening, outpouring to an awakening. When we receive the um, revival, when we, the church, get on fire for God, then there, be, there comes an awakening for everyone else. Amen? Because the saints of God are on fire like we're supposed to be, right? Amen? Revive us, O oh Lord. Amen? This revival, let it start. Revival starts in the house of God, right? So... So revival, he revives us, and then um, it leads to an awakening, which leads to an outpouring, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, an outpouring of of, uh, signs and wonders and miracles and exploits. Amen. Amen. So number one, God has anointed us with the Holy Spirit to live an extraordinary set-apart life. So he's called us to live a set-apart, an extraordinary life. Not just any kind of life, but a life that's above only and not beneath. You're the head and you're not the tail. You're, you know, you're living the good life. You're blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. Blessed in the field, blessed in the country, blessed in the city. I'm just blessed, amen? I'll make you the lender and not the borrower. That's the anointing that he's put on our lives to live. It's to live a good life, a life that you'll enjoy. I've come that you may have and enjoy life, have it in abundance to the full Till it overflows. Amen. So, so we're anointed. If he's, he can't promise us that and not give us the power to have it. He can't make that promise if he's not going to empower you to, to do it. Glory to God. So uh, Colossians uh, 2 and 8 says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. Some people put in their trust in philosophy. Empty deceit. According to the tradition of men. According to the basic principles of the world. And not according to Christ. And what does Christ mean? Christ means the anointed one. So you could say people who are living by the basic principles of the Lord and they're missing out on this set apart, extraordinary life God wants us to have. They live according to empty deceit or philosophy or tradition. But God wants us to live according to Christ, which is the anointed one, which is the anointing. Amen. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, come on, help me finish, dwells in me. That same spirit dwells in us. So if he's, the Christ is the anointed one, then Christians, we're the anointed ones. Christ is the anointed one, we're Christians. We're the anointed ones. We're anointed to live an extraordinary life. So let's look at what the anointing is. The anointing is God doing through people like us what we couldn't do on our own. It's the power of God, the blessing of God. The ability of God, the favor of God, the strength of God, the wisdom of God, the supernatural power of God on the life of a believer, consecrated and set apart. Amen. The power of God is on our lives. The anointing of God rests upon us. 1 John 2.20 says, The Holy One anointed you, and you all know it. Would you underline that, that the Holy One anointed you? You are anointed. You're not trying to get anointed You are anointed. Amen. He's already anointed you. Put his spirit upon you. 
So the Holy Spirit bears witness with our hearts that we're set apart for him. So when things in the tabernacle, remember in the tabernacle of Moses or in the temple, when things were set apart for God, they used to in the Old Testament, they would uh, anoint a king or they would anoint somebody to be priest or they would anoint someone to be the prophet. They would be anointed, which meant that they were set apart. All the things in the tabernacle and the temple, they would all be anointed with oil because it meant those things were set apart for the service of the Lord. Amen. That's what we are now. We're anointed because we've been set apart for the service of the Lord. Amen. So it symbolizes because we're anointed with the Holy Spirit, it symbolizes our sacred purpose. A sacred, holy, set apart purpose in God. Amen. Second Corinthians 1, 21 through 22, it says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us, underline that, has anointed us is God who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. New Living Translation says it like this. I love this. It says, He has identified us as His own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything He has promised us. Woo, that's good. How many of you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? You've received the Holy Spirit. That's the down payment on the whole thing. Amen. The whole uh, eternal life that we're going to have. Amplified version says it like this. I love this. It says, he has given us the Holy Spirit in our hearts as a pledge, like a security deposit to guarantee the fulfillment of his promise of eternal life. Whoo, that's good. I got excited about that. Y'all excited this morning? Amen. Psalm 105.15. He also, God also said, that's why, because these people are set apart. When people are set apart uh, for God, especially those in the fivefold ministry, says um, Psalms uh, 105.15, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. So I don't care whether you agree with them or not. Don't put your mouth on them. If you don't like the way they preach, if you don't like, if you don't like church, you don't like, you know, don't. Put your mouth on it. God says, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. And the, the most harm we can do with is, with is with what? With our mouth. So we don't do it. Don't do any harm. At least, you know, if you don't agree, just be quiet. But don't do harm by opening your mouth and putting your mouth on somebody. Amen? So God says, when I've set it apart, don't you touch it. When I've set it apart, when I've set it apart, God says, I'll rebuke the devourer for you. Come on, when you begin to be a tither and a, and, a, and a giver, when you give your tithe and your offering, it's set apart, amen, and it becomes holy. And what God does is put his holy um, blessing and anointing on the rest of what you have, amen. So, you're, so you, you're, what you have is, is holy and anointed, and then God stands and says, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Why? Because it's holy, because I'm in covenant with you, amen. All right, number two. The anointing manifests on different people in different ways for different purposes. You know, like Samson is anointed to go all over the world and start churches, you know, in, in India and orphanages. And, you know, that's his anointing to do that. You know, I don't feel less as, as a, a minister because God's called me right here to this spot in Humble, Texas. I got it tacked down. I'm not moving. I'm not going anywhere because I'm not going to go try to do what Samson is doing because that's, that's not what God has anointed me for. He's anointed me here for Humble, Texas. Humble, Texas is going to change because I'm here. Amen? Because you're here. Because if I'm here and you're here, he's called us here. So, 
So, so there's different purposes in all of us, and we all have a purpose in the body of Christ. There's an anointing on Roy Lee that I don't have. Roy Lee is a singer. Roy Lee uses his gift to glorify God. He's getting ready to go to Nashville as soon as this thing is lifted, and he's going to record um, so he can go in churches and sing and go. You know, I believe that he'll continue to go out to um, different places that aren't churchy and begin because he's sort of like a bridge between the unsaved and the saved, you know, to sort of bring people together. And so he has an anointing on his life for that you have an anointing you know we talked last week with sister kim and and courtney they have an anointing to sing kenta has an anointing to um to cook and to find a beautiful wife <laughs> you know we we all have a, a a different anointing on our lives amen nobody's exactly like you somebody might have a gifting that's like yours but but your anointing is is so unique it's like your dna Nobody can do it with your accent and your personality and your charm and your wit or exactly like you are. You're, you're special. Amen. He made us all so unique because we all have a part to fill in this, uh, this thing that he has us doing here on the earth. Amen. And so um, the anointing on Samson, that, um, that it, it was an anointing that he had for the time that he lived for, um, to, uh, for strength. To show God, so God could show himself strong against the Philistines. Don't get it twisted, I am God. If I want to anoint one man to take all of you out, that's exactly what I'll do. And that's what God did. And uh, after uh, Samson had already killed a bunch of people, um, the Philistines came and, and uh, actually some, some of his own people came and said, we've come to get you. Like 3,000 people came to get Samson because he was hiding in a cage after he killed a bunch of Philistines. And so the Philistines wanted him, so they went to go get him. And uh, Samson said, well, just, just promise me this. I'll go with you. Just promise me this, that you, won't, that you won't kill me before you get me to the Philistines. It was kind of like... He, he was like a Trojan horse. Just get me in there and uh, I'll take care of him. And so look what happened. They came and got him in Judges fifteen fourteen. It says, as Samson arrived at Lehi, the Philistines came shouting in triumph. But the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson and he snapped the ropes. Did you hear what he said? It said, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson and he snapped the ropes on his arms as if they were burnt strands of flax and they fell from his wrist. Then he found the jawbone of a recently killed donkey he picked it up and killed a thousand philistines with it how many of you know that's an anointing right there that that was god on it that was samson doing what he could not do by himself but what he could do with god on his life with the anointing on his life amen all right and then it was the anointing on sarah that caused an old woman to be able to conceive and bear a child almost a hundred year old woman Conceive? Could you imagine seeing a hundred-year-old woman walking around with a baby bump? It just ain't right. It ain't right. But God had promised her that she would be the mother of many, that she would be the mother of a multitude, that he would be the father of a multitude. Look at the stars if you can count them. And so she had to... How is this going to happen unless Sarah believes God and receives it? But she was anointed. The strength, the power of God, the anointing of God came on her so that an old woman that was past the age could have a child. Come on, it's all about the anointing. Look at Hebrews eleven eleven. You know how, and when I was writing this up last night, I thought, um, you know how whenever your, your clock says eleven eleven, everybody says, make a wish? It's eleven eleven. make a wish, hurry. See that? The eleven eleven has new meaning when you look at this scripture. Think about this. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength. Would you put a circle around that word strength? She received strength to conceive seed and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him 
faithful who had promised. So her part was to judge God faithful. And I believe that's our part. During this season that we're in, we just have to believe that God's going to be faithful to anoint my life. God is going to be faithful to bring me out of this, to keep me protected, to keep my family protected. I just got to believe that God is going to be faithful to do his part. I judge God as being faithful. He has spoken and he's going to do it. He's not a man that he should lie. His word is not going to return void. If I continue to say Psalm 91, I'm going to get the results of Psalm 91. Hallelujah. How many of you judge him faithful this morning? How many of you at home, you judge God faithful this morning? He's going to do exactly what he said he would do. Hallelujah. So she judged him faithful who had promised. But she received strength. That word strength is dunamis. She received dunamis. And that word dunamis is um, miraculous power, ability, power, strength, mighty, wonderful work. Woo, I'm getting happy up here. Mighty, wonderful work. That means that the anointing came upon Sarah. The, the anointing of God was on Sarah to conceive seed, to do something impossible. And you know, he said that nothing's impossible if we can just believe. If you'll just judge him faithful, you'll just say that you'll just give God's word the final authority in your life. And don't, don't go looking for plan B. There is no plan B. His word is plan A and I'm not looking for another plan. Amen? Because that plan is, is good enough. His word is enough for me. Hallelujah. All right. So we got to decide that we're going to judge him faithful. Amen? And that we're, we're anointed to be victorious. Somebody say, I'm anointed. All right, so it was the anointing on Jonah's life that caused him to experience a great deliverance. Now, see, we think about Jonah, and we immediately associate him just Jonah with the whale. But Jonah was a preacher. He was a revivalist. And God told him to go and preach to Nineveh and tell him to repent. Tell him to repent. And instead of going right to go to Nineveh, he goes west towards the water. He pays the fare. How much do I owe you for getting me out of this? He pays the fare, gets on the boat, and decides he's going somewhere else. So they get out on the water. And you know, sailors are real, um, uh, what's that word, superstitious. They're real superstitious. They won't let a woman on the boat because that's superstitious. No, I can't have a woman on the boat. You know, so they... they um, they, they get out there, the, the wind and the waves are kicked up like waves that are so high they look like towers. And so they're like, who did it? They draw straws to see whose fault it is. And, and Jonah pulled the short straw. He's like, yep, it was me. I'm the one. I caused all this. Might as well just throw me overboard. I mean, Jonah would rather have died than gone to preach this message to these people that he hated. So they told him to throw him overboard. And so they picked him up, they threw him overboard, and immediately the Bible says... The storm ended. Every, there was a great calm as soon as they threw him in the water. And you know the story that God caused a great fish to swallow Jonah up. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. That's a long time. That's, that's a long time. And so from that place, Jonah cried out to God. How many, how many would you think it's over with? You would think it's over with. But repentance has a lot of power on it. Whole lot of power in repentance. Jonah 2, 5 through 7 in the message says, this is what Jonah was saying. He said, oh, he said, the ocean gripped me by the throat. The ancient abyss grabbed me and held me tight. My head was all tangled in seaweed. 
at the bottom of the sea where the mountains take root, I was as far down as a body can go. And the gates were slamming shut behind me forever. That's an awful feeling I can't imagine to know that the gates have shut behind you and it's over with. Yet you pulled me up from that grave alive, O oh God, my God. When my life was slipping away, I remembered God. And look at this. And my prayer got through to you, made it all the way to your holy temple. And we think we're in a bad place. God, can you hear me? Can you hear me in this, God? Can you hear? Can you see my bills? Can you see my need? Can you see rents coming again? Can you see God? He hears our prayers. I, I was watching a testimony. I love watching testimonies of uh, people who have passed away and come back. Anybody else like that? Y'all like to watch? I, I, I love it. I just want to know what happens. I want to, you know, I'm so excited. You know, I don't want to go one day early, but I don't want to go one day late. I, I look forward to the day that I slip from this body when it's time, when it's my time, or, or I go in the rapture, or whatever. But the day that I get to see Jesus face to face, and I see the people who've gone on before me, and all the stuff I've read in the Bible, the streets of gold and the walls of Jasper, and, and, and I see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Mary and, and Timothy and, and, and all of those, I, I get to see them. Yeah. You, know, that's, you know, people are so afraid of death. I'm not afraid. <laughs> you shouldn't be either. You know, so I love to watch and see what people experience. And so many people say the same thing. And it all lines up with Scripture. And so I was watching this guy who was... Uh, unresponsive for an hour and 45 minutes. Say that's a long time. An hour and 45 minutes, he was unresponsive. And during that time, he said, you know, they were asking him on the show, I think it was on It's Supernatural with Sid Roth. And he said, um, he said, well, what, what happened? You know, he said, well, I, you know, I, I died and then I was with the Lord. He goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> What was the first thing that happened? He said, well, I, I came out of my body and I knew that, that I was uh, no longer in my body. And he said at, a, at an alarming rate of speed, he said, I began to rush towards Jesus. I knew I was headed towards Jesus. And this man was a believer, so he said, I was kind of excited to get there to see Jesus. He said, but as I was going, he said, he said wait a minute, how fast was it? He said, as quick as you could blink your eye, that's how fast it was. He said, but as I was going, it was so fast, it was that quick. But he said, even faster than my flight to him, he said, I saw the prayers of the people who were on the earth praying for me to live and not die because they called his wife and said, he's, he's just um, passed away. And she turned the car around to go back to the hospital. And um, she began to pray. She called the kids. She called, you know, other people to pray. And he could see those prayers zooming past him to get to the throne, to get to the Father. He said, they were even faster than I was. And I thought, wow, that's encouraging my faith for prayer. That when you pray, those prayers get there so quick that he was unresponsive for an hour and a half, but it only seemed like seconds while he was there. So as Jonah prayed from down there in the abyss, God heard him. He heard him, and he hears us. He hears us. Jonah 2.10, it says, So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. How many of you know that was an anointing right there, to get vomited onto dry land? You know, God could have made him barf 
out and make him swim in, you know, at least. <laughs> but God's mercy and God's grace is so amazing that he, he put him right where he needed to be. Amen. So he had an assignment on his life to preach a revival in Nineveh. Nineveh, he was chosen by God, and God was call, He was listen to this now. God was calling him to go preach repentance to Nineveh. Boy, did he ever have a repentance testimony when he got there? <laughs> think about it. On the way there, he, think about the testimony that he had to share with people of his repentance. I don't know that he shared it, but he went in and preached a word, went in and t- said, thus saith the Lord, and walked back out thinking they're ne- never going to repent, waiting for them, for God to just destroy the whole city. But they did repent. They did repent. Amen. So there was an anointing on his life to do it. And isn't it awesome? Isn't God wonderful that even when we act up, He doesn't take the anointing. You know, we're so caught up on trying to be perfect, and God is so caught up on grace and mercy. So I'm sure he goes in. Let me tell you about the power of repentance if you'll just do it. (laughs) Amen. So I believe that we're in a great time of repentance right now. I believe it's time for the bride of Christ to wake up and really pray. Really pray. I think we need to have more times of prayer. I know we have our our prayer every morning, but I feel like we need to press in and have some times of prayer where we can really pray in the Holy Ghost and really do some interceding and some, uh, just some interceding and some prayer that's really on a whole deeper level. Amen. Matthew 25, 1 through 10. Listen to this. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Now what is the oil symbolic of, y'all? The anointing. The oil is symbolic of the anointing, the Holy Spirit. Okay, they took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, that won't be enough for you and me. Isn't that what it says? No, lest, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go, rather to those who sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. So I feel like we, we need to get this oil. And no, you can't have my oil. And I can't have yours. But we've got to get this oil for ourselves. Amen? We have to spend time with God. Really spend time with God. And we have more time on our hands now than we ever have, don't we? Spend time in his word. Spend time in worship. I challenge some of you to make sure you have worship music playing at your house. Just, I just have an iPad set up in the, in the kitchen at my house next to the birdcage. And uh, I just play worship music 24-7. 
And it's just music. It's not voices. It's just music so that I can hear the, the little tunes and then I just begin to sing it in my heart myself. But, you know, it's, it just has done something in my heart, in my life since I've done that. The atmosphere is different at my house because there's worship music playing. It does something. You, you can change the atmosphere. I mean, if you know God loves praises. He, he inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits praise. And there's one thing this uh, man said that as he went to heaven, he said, there was such worship going on in heaven. Everyone was singing something different, but it all sounded beautiful together. Nobody sounded off. Everybody sang their own praise. This spirit and in truth worship was coming from every person who's so grateful to be there because of what Jesus has done. And, and, and it all just sounded so beautiful together. Amen. And it said that God would actually begin to sing back over them. See, God is not just sitting there saying, worship me. But he, we sing to him and he sings over us. This is a two-way street, y'all. We have a God who loves us so much more than we can even imagine. He said, if I could get one thing across to you. He said, Jesus loved me with his feet. He said, with his feet, he said, the first thing I did when I saw him was I bowed down in front of him. And he said, I saw his feet. He said, the guy, Sid Roth said, what'd they look like? He said, just like the Bible said, feet like brass. And he said, there were, the holes were there in his feet. You could see where his feet had been pierced. He said, but as I looked at his feet, he said, he loved me with his feet. He said, and if I never saw anything else, I knew he loved me just by looking at his feet. Whoo, my God. We have a God who loves us so much, so much. Revelation 2, 3 through 5, Jesus is talking to the church at Ephesus, the Ephesian church. And Revelation 2, 3 through 5 says, You've persevered and you have patience and you've labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Somebody say amen right there. Jesus said, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you've left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you've fallen, repent and do the first works. Wow. He says, you know, you, you've, you've been patient. You've labored for my namesake. You've been about the Father's business. You've shown up for practice. You've shown up and vacuumed. You've shown up and, 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 and worshipped. You've shown up and you've just shown up. But we can get to the place where we show up and there's no passion in our heart. There's no passion. You've left your first love. So he says, repent and do the first works. So what are the first works? You know, the first thing I thought of was joy. Joy. You remember what the first works are. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? When you first got saved. Anybody else in here got saved for real like I did? 26 years ago when I knelt in my closet, I felt different. Roy Lee, I know you know what I'm talking about. It hadn't been that long ago, amen. But you know how you're, you're, they say that the old song says, my, I looked at my hands, my hands looked new. I looked at my feet and they were too. You know, your, your hands don't really look any different, but you're different. You just feel like, I hope everybody can see I'm different. I'm not the same person I was. I, I'm different here. I'm born again. I've got this joy. I feel lighter. My burden has been lifted off my shoulders. I know I'm forgiven. I know I'm, I'm I'm sure for heaven, you had so much joy in your heart. It was just overflowing. Amen. 
What happens that we lose that joy? What happens? You know, we just, we just, we just get used to it. It's kind of like marriage. You know, we're all giddy and happy. We, we're ma- we, I'm married now. You know, we're married. And then you get used to living with each other. You know what I'm saying? And you lose that joy. Amen. You still love each other. I'm, I ain't going nowhere. But you kind of, you know, y'all know, kind of married folk in here, be honest and say, yeah, it kind of gets that way. I mean, you still love each other. But sometimes, you know, you have to keep it stirred up. Amen. Well, we're all happily married in here. So I must be talking to somebody online. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you're full, you're, when you first received Christ, I know I was full of so much joy. Oh, my gosh. I was just bubbling over. And so, you know, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Y'all, come on, help me preach this one. I know y'all know the nine gifts of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, love, joy, peace. Amen. So, so joy, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's part of, it's part of His indwelling in us, His living with us. Joy should be, we should be full of joy, you know, because the Holy Spirit is with us. It's an overflow. Amen? And the wonder of our salvation should never get away from us. The wonder of I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was a sinner on my way to hell, but God has written my name in the Lamb's book of life. He's taken my sins away so far away. They're so far behind me, they can never catch up with me again. Anybody else glad about that? They can never catch up again. As far as the east is from the west. Amen. We should never lose the wonder of our salvation. And if we've lost it, we've got to get it back. Amen. Just, just, I got happy this morning just meditating on these scriptures. Look at 1 Peter 1, 7 through 9. It says, Jesus Christ, whom, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. I've never seen him, but I know he's living in my heart. I've never seen him, but I know one day I will. I'll get to see those feet that love me. How my, I'm, my name is inscribed on the palm of his hands. Hallelujah. Our hearts ought to be a little more tender towards God. Amen. With joy inexpressible and full of glory. Verse 9. Receiving the end of your faith. The salvation of your souls. They ought to have some joy. You know, I think we've gotten more joy over our cash, cribs, cars, clothes. Amen. You know, because we're a word of faith church. You know, we're supposed to believe for stuff. <laughs> Amen. We're both supposed to believe for the best in life. But, you know, we can't get so ex- more excited about that than we are that the salvation of my soul, that I've been bought back. That I've been redeemed. That I'll see him face to face. we got to let everybody know. This man said he saw <clears throat> his aunt there. He said one thing about heaven is said, you'll be surprised about the ones that are there that made it. And you'll be surprised about the ones that didn't. He had an aunt there. I think he said her name was Aunt Ruth. And uh, he said he never would have believed Aunt Ruth would have made it. But see, it's about the heart. It's about the heart. And he said, Aunt Ruth said, said something to him. She said, go back and bring as many of us with you as you can. Talking about their family. Bring as many of us with you as you can. 
That's what heaven's focused on right now. He said that when, when somebody would get saved on the earth, he said they would shout that person's name from one side of heaven to the other. <laughs> think about that. I got happy when I started to think. One day, my name got shouted 26 years ago across heaven. Luke 15, 7. Jesus said, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. So the, heaven, heaven uh, throws a party when just one person gets saved. Amen. And so the joy of knowing that, that our name is written in heaven, it's a wonder, it's a glory, and we ought to keep that joy stirred up in our hearts. Is anybody getting happy this morning besides me? Whoo, I'm telling you. Revelation 21, 27. It says, only those names are written, those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life will get in. Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life will get in. Hallelujah. So your next blank is this. There's tremendous restoring power in repentance. I believe if we'll focus on this, on the joy of our salvation, I think if we'll stir this up, I believe that we can go into a revival, that we'll be the contagious Christians. You know, right now we're all focused on contagions. We should be so spiritually contagious that if you get too close to me, watch out. Amen, y'all. If you get too close to me, my shadow gets on you. There's tremendous restoring power of repentance. Psalm 51, 12, when David repented, he said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. See, he lost the joy of his salvation. David lost the joy. That's why he was out there looking at uh, Bathsheba take a bath. I guess that's why her name is Bathsheba, because she was taking a bath. Bathsheba. (laughs) Kim, did you say, okay, peace out? (laughs) <laughs> no, that's why he was out there when, you know, uh, he knew Bathsheba had a husband. That way he was, she, he was the, the head of his, his uh, army or what have you. He knew she was married. That's, that's, that's Uriah's wife. Get back inside. What are you doing? See, the old David would have done that. But the David who has not got the joy of the Lord stirred up yeah. said, go get Bathsheba and bring her over here. Yeah. See, but when it was all said and done, And David repented. Here it is. I lost the joy of my salvation. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. He he was declaring, God, you're so generous. I know you're going to restore me. Then he goes on to say, then I'll teach sinners your word. I'll teach teach sinners to to turn back to God. Amen. Isaiah 12, 3, with joy. You'll draw water from the wells of salvation. So I believe the first works is we got to get our joy in our spirits. Amen. We got to have the joy of our salvation. We ought to just just be so glad that we're saved, that we're contagious. That brings us to number two, soul winning. What's the first work? Soul winning. You remember when you first got saved? Oh my gosh, I would talk to anybody who would listen. I wanted to talk to people who've been saved about how things were, and I wanted to hear what they had to say. I wanted to sit at their feet and just gather wisdom and just hear, just fill me up with something that you know is like a sponge. I I just couldn't get enough of the Word of God. 
And, and anybody who would listen, I would tell them about Jesus and what had happened in my heart, that I was a new, that I was a new person, soul winning. Not just inviting people to church. Now, God says he wants his house to be full, and that's part of what we do is invite people to church. But you having an impact on somebody else's life with your testimony of salvation. We all have a testimony of salvation. Amen. I can take you to the, to the I know it was August of 1994. I didn't write down the exact date, but it was August of 1994. I could take you to the place where I got on my knees. I could take you to the spot on the carpet. You remember the place where you were when you said yes to Jesus? It makes you, it makes you um, want to tell other people about Jesus when you're, when you're excited about it. Amen? So God's not looking for mechanical soul winning. Amen. Not mechanic, we're not going to win anybody by mechanical soul winning. We're going to win people with the power of God. Yeah. The anointing of God. Passion, passion from our hearts. If we're not passionate, how can we expect anybody else to get passionate? Amen. So it's possible to serve God and have no passion. But what God is interested in is what? Our hearts. That's the main thing. Second Timothy 1.6. That is why I remind you to fan into flame the gracious gift of God, that inner fire, that special endowment, which is in you by the laying on of my hands. And you know what? You've got to shut off too much news. Because most of it is not news anymore anyway. Most of it's lies. Most of it is, is, is opinion editorials. It is people getting on there and telling what their opinion is. And they'll invite four or five other people on to say, well, what do you think about this? And what do you think about this? The news used to be just, just the facts, ma'am. It used to be just the facts, but that's not what it is anymore. News is not news. It's tainted at the very least. And so you listen to too much of that, and you're not going to feel like being anointed. You can be full of fear and full of hate. A lot of it is nothing but hate on both sides. And hate is not of God. So you've got to shut off too much news, too much lies and too much hate. That's why it's so important that in these days, listen to me, listen to me, that we're operating in discernment. We have to be discerning the truth and be discerning spirits that are operating behind things. We have to discern it because if we don't discern it, who's going to pray about it? That's why we're here, to bind it, to loose it. Got to operate in discernment, amen? Look, look what Jesus said was going to happen in, in the last days, Matthew 24, 24 through 25. He's saying that many will be deceived, if possible, even God's chosen ones. So don't get caught sleep or taking a nap right now. This is no time to be sleeping. No time to be taking a nap. You need to arise and shine. It's time to rise up, to be sober, to be vigilant. Our adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion looking for somebody he can seize upon and destroy. So this is no time to be snoozing. Amen? He says, see, I've warned you ahead uh, about this ahead of time. So he's warned us ahead of time that, look, is people going to be so slick? The devil is slick. How many of you know he's slick? He's a deceiver, and he'll come to deceive us in this hour if we're not on our toes. Amen? All right. So when we turn up the passion for God in our hearts, we're going to want to tell everybody about it. And so number three, the anointing is for the cause. 
The anointing is for the cause. And we've been talking about it. It's about souls. The main thing that this guy saw in heaven was that it was about souls. Jesus was focused on souls. He said while he was there, he said he saw Jesus strategizing with the angelic host to win people who are lost. Sending them on assignments powered by the prayers of the saints. Strategizing. He said Peter and James were there with him as he strategized. That's just awesome. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I like to just listen to what everybody says. And if it bears witness, and if I can find a scripture on that, you can't find a scripture on that. I mean, I, I mean he said there's a great cloud of witnesses. So maybe so. But he was strategizing, and that would send the angels out to strategize for people. Come on, y'all. Family members that you have that are lost. Think of the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst. That you know in your family. That you think, Jesus would have to do that one himself. How many of you know Jesus knows how to strategize? Through the power of the Holy Spirit and an angelic host to go out and do exactly what needs to be done for your family member or for that person. See, it's all about the heart and God knows everything about them. But it's fueled by our prayers. Amen? There's a cause. People are lost and dying and going to hell. Think of all the people that are dying right now and think about what Jonah said. The bars were shut behind me forever. And what are people there saying? Nobody told me. My cousin, my sister, they they were saved, but they didn't tell me that it was going to be like this. Forever separated from God. Everlasting life in hell. Why didn't somebody tell me? The gates are going to close on people. There's a cause. Titus 1.5. Paul said, for this cause or for this reason, I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking. So there's a cause. What is a cause? A cause is a principle, an aim, or a movement that because of a deep commitment, one is prepared to defend or advocate conviction, purpose, objective. objective. So for this objective, Jesus has put us here. For this purpose, for this conviction, Jesus put us here for our cause. Our cause is right here in Humble, Texas, or wherever it is that you live. But I know as a body, as a church, we're called to be here. Our cause is here in Humble, Texas. Um, last week I was praying, I was playing, oh, I guess it was Monday at this week. Was it Monday? When did I go play golf? Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday. I went to play golf and the sky was so clear and there was a huge cloud that looked like a feather. And the more I looked at it, I'm like, you know, that looks like a big feather pin. Then boom, I felt the spirit of God say, Everything that I've written and spoken over Humble, Texas is coming to pass suddenly. Suddenly it's here. I saw from that day, my heart's been so stirred up. Okay, God, let's do it. How is this going to happen? What are we going to do? And these things are the things that he's been speaking to my heart all week. This cause. There's a cause in Humble, Texas. God has spoken it over Humble, Texas, that there would be a revival here. That there would be an outpouring of his spirit here. 
He said, it's coming to pass speedily. It's coming to pass quickly, quicker than we think. We've been waiting on it for a long time. I believe it's time to do these things to see it. Humble Texas is going to be changed because Jesus has set us here on purpose for his purpose. Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. Mark 16, 15 through 18. Here's, here's what Jesus said. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel in your neighborhood. Or, or um, you know, there's so many ways that we have to preach the gospel on social media. So many ways. And, you know, it's almost scary. You know, like people will pile on if we're politically incorrect or what have you. But, you know, the Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion. We're bold as a lion that we're not afraid. We're not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of salvation. We have so many opportunities. What would, would um, Paul have done if, he, if he'd had Instagram? What would Peter have done with a Facebook? What would they have done? What would have Jesus have done with it? We have so many opportunities to preach the gospel. So many ways to just, you can find something and just share it. Amen. But be led by the Spirit in your online witnessing just like you would be in the natural. Amen? He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed in me and has been baptized will be saved from the penalty of God's wrath and judgment. We've got to remember, there is a penalty. There is a penalty. Jesus took the penalty, but, but without accepting that, there's wrath and judgment. And the, the bars close. We have to remind ourselves of that. But he who has not believed will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. Here comes the anointing. In my name, they'll cast out demons. We have to trust it. We trust that, that we're anointed to cast out demons. As I, as I listened to, um, there were three prophets of God that were, that were um, uh, on a, a video that I watched on uh, Sid Roth, where they were talking about... Um, some of the demonic forces that are in government right now. And they, 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 uh, he said it was like a curtain was pulled back and he could see three demonic forces that were, they were the principalities that are in the second heaven that are like demonic forces that are like 40 feet tall. They're huge. They're over territories. And there were, there were three specific ones that they were, uh, that, that uh, intercessors need to be praying about. I'm not ready to talk about them right now, but we have to discern and know and trust that we're anointed to cast out demons. And heaven is waiting on us to speak. We're partners with God in the earth. We've, gotta, we've really got to, to realize that we are partners with God on the earth and that he's, he put us here to do it, to pray. In my name, they will cast out demons. We're not afraid of demons. We cast them out. They will speak with new tongues, and we ought to not be ashamed of our tongues. This seeker-friendly seeker services, I think, has gotten us into trouble. We've got to not be ashamed of tongues. We are spirit-filled believers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They will pick up serpents. We're not going to bring snakes in here. You ain't got to worry about that. But when, when, when uh, Paul was out um, witnessing... 
and he put his hand in, into the fire or into some sticks and a, a, a viper latched on. He shook it off and he, he walked away. They thought he was a god because they were looking for him to die and he didn't die. So it's, you know, it's saying that, that they will pick up serpents or they'll, they'll cast them off. And if they drink anything deadly, will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. We have to trust that we're anointed. He would, if, he di- if he didn't mean it, he shouldn't have said it. That he put us here to lay hands on sick folk and see them get well. Our job is to just simply believe that. His job is to put the anointing on us. Amen. We are anointed. The one who has anointed us is Christ, right? He has anointed us. So we put our hands on sick people. They will get well. Hallelujah. We trust the anointing. The first Corinthians two, four through five. See, this is how Paul went to people. He didn't go to people with eloquence of speech. He didn't go with a, with, you know, great, a great language or whatever. He says, in my speech and my preaching, we're not with per- persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. That this is a word in due season. Father, as we've watched from our homes and this word has been planted in our hearts, Lord, we declare the joy of the Lord that we stir up the gift of God that is in us by the laying on of hands. We stir up the anointing that you have already placed upon us. Father, we stir up the soul winner within us. And thank you, Lord, for the anointing that is on us for the year 2020. You put us here. You chose us. You appointed us. You anointed us. You scheduled us in the earth for such a time as this. So, Father, there's an anointing that's special that's for this generation. We ask you, Lord, to show us how to stir it up. That, Lord, because of this word, it's been activated in us. And that, Lord, we'll be bold as lions as we go out. We'll be bold on social media, bold when we talk to people. Thank you, Father. Nothing. Nothing shall hinder or reverse your work that is being done in us, through us, and for us in this season. Father, we're ready to break out of the box. We're ready to break out of everything normal and ordinary that we've been doing. And Lord, we're ready to do the supernatural. We're ready to do the extraordinary. So Father, as we pray, we know that our prayers are speeding towards heaven. They're speeding into your ears right now, Lord. Faster than the speed of light or even the speed of sound. Lord, we know that you know every word on our tongue yet unuttered. But Lord, as we give voice to it and as the sound leaves our our mouths, Lord God, and as it goes into the heavenly realm, Lord, we expect an outpouring. We We expect revival. We expect... Lord an awakening father as we saw that the that the, all the virgins were sleeping and slumbering Lord we pray right now in the name of Jesus that the church would awaken out of slumber that people that believers would awaken out of slumber Lord we've all been slumbering around as we've been laying at home but God as even the doors of the church are open now let us come back with a vim with a vigor with a vitality with a passion and a purpose in our hearts knowing that you that you have called us to do mighty things And this is the season. Lord, we declare the latter rain in abundance. Lord, we declare hunger and thirst for righteousness. 
Lord, you said we're blessed when we do hunger, for then we shall be filled. So, Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you would pour out such a hunger that people will rise early to meet you. That they would say like David did, as the deer pants after the water brook, so my my heart pants for you, my soul pants for you, Lord God. May we pant for you, Lord God, until we're so filled with passion. Lord, may we just meditate on the joy of our salvation, that our names are written in heaven. That, Lord, you shouted our name across eternity. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for choosing us, for saving us, for anointing us for such a time as this. Thank you, Father. We love you and we declare we'll never be the same after this word as we go and we do this word. As we're doers of this word, we're wise and our house will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. Lord, as even there's a great shaking going on, a great shaking that is coming, Lord, we will not be shaken off. We'll be shaken into being stronger, stirred up. It causes the believers to be stirred up. Thank you, Father that we're effective and souls are being saved. Father, we pray for every person who doesn't know you right now. We pray, Lord God, that you would open their eyes and they would respond to the ministering angels, that they would respond to the Holy Spirit. They respond to laborers. We ask you to send laborers into the harvest field and bring in your precious harvest in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the power of the anointing Lord, that that we would lay hands on the sick, that we'll speak with new tongues, that we'll take up serpents. Lord, all those things that you promised that we would do. Lord, we trust the anointing that is on our lives. We trust, Lord, that great signs and wonders and miracles and exploits are being done in this hour and this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Can the church say amen? The church at home, come on, say amen. But with our heads.